This week in the world of news from books, beards, and brews. All right. As always, I am Bob who tells by Bob. I'm the ass of the podcast, Derek. I'm oh oh I brain farted. Uh, creative consultant Tanya. I'm hungry. Golly. So we're 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 recording today live from uh, Joshington Studios. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're on. We're mobile today. We have all our microphones uh, uh, suctioned onto a piece of wood. That's great. <laughs> I'm I'm lounge singing. Yeah, Derek's over there lounge singing. Um, Super fancy. Uh, but uh, it's just crazy weekend. We had, uh, and you know, Derek's got to be up early for work in the morning. So, like, you know what? We'll bring the studio to Derek so he doesn't have to drive to middle of nowhere where I live. Which so, is good because I actually completely forgot we were doing this today until <laughs> yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. yeah. So if while sound, I was in bed, I, I think the sound quality should be just fine. But if you notice anything a little wonky, it's we're not in our normal recording space. It may be a little more echoey, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. But it'll be fine. But anyway, so this is Poetry Month, and uh, we said that for Poetry Month we were going to read y'all some some bitchin' poems. Bitch. So I've got. We're going to start out the month with me reading my favorite poem. Of all time. Starting out with a bang. It's all downhill from here. Great. All right. And actually, I'm not going to read you the entire poem because the entire poem is kind of long. It's nine stanzas. But most people think this poem only has three stanzas anyway. So because they... The, Care to elaborate? The first three get shared around a lot, but the other six So don't. it's kind of like the Star Spangled Banner that no one really realizes there's a whole second part. There's a second part of the Star Spangled Banner? I think so. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering that correctly. Okay. There's well, some there's some shit where or is Amazing Grace? I don't know. They're the same. They're definitely not. Tanya, Tanya. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Note to self, feed her before recording. I'm so hungry. Oh my god. All right, god. So here we go. So this poem is Ode by Author O'Shaughnessy, and it was first published in 1873. We're the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams, wandering by lone sea breakers and sitting by desolate streams. World losers and world forsakers, on whom the pale moon gleams, we are the movers and shakers of the world forever, it seems. With wonderful deathless ditties, we build up the world's great cities, and out of a fabulous story, we fashion an empire's glory. One man with a dream at pleasure shall go forth and conquer a crown, and three with a new song's measure can trample a kingdom down. We in the ages lying, in the buried past of the earth, built Nineveh with our singing, and babble itself in our mirth, and o'erthrew them with prophesying to the old of the new world's worth, for each is a dream that is dying or one that is coming to birth. So, a couple fun little facts about this I poem. Gonna, I was gonna like. Oh, uh, the phrase. This is where we get. Snack. This is where we get the phrase "movers and shakers" from. Really? Yep, that's the origin of the of that phrase. Hmm. And uh, so, in the feature film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. After Willy Wonka, played by the amazing Gene Wilder, states that the snozberries taste like snozberries, Veruca Salt responds in an arrogant tone, snozberries? Who's ever heard of a snozberry? Willy Wonka grabs her cheeks, pulls her face towards him, and gently replies, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. So, uh, there you go. Well, snozberries, huh. wasn't that like a dick joke? 
What? What is? What is she even on about today? I swear today? to God, that's, Tanya, that's like in her religion where she licks the wallpaper. And what in the hell are you talking about? I am Willy Wonka. They had the flavored wallpaper, and she's like licking the wallpaper, and she says like, "This tastes like this." Or Willy Wonka's telling her to to lick a something another, and it tastes like a whatever. And like the internet's like, "Bruh, he was talking about dicks." Wow. And he was trying to. That I swear to God, I'm not making that up because I'm hungry. That's a real thing. That's a real conspiracy. She's hungry for something else, apparently. I mean, I don't know. Well, what. It's to calm down. Funny you should say that because this is our news episode, and my first headline is Cthulhu. Oh, dicks! Oh, oh I get it. Yeah. I see the tie-in. Except uh, the actual content doesn't really tie into that. But oh. um, <laughs> so okay. Well, Cthulhu. So all right. So the Sons of the Singularity, which is a small publishing group. Um, and not a really cool cyberpunk biker gang because sons of the singularity wouldn't that be an awesome bike gang for like a cyberpunk setting yeah anyway Hmm. random best of ryan write that down um so they ran a kickstarter last year for a call of cthulhu source book uh raised like 20 grand for it and like the like over once you got to like 22 grand it was that enabled them to do a print run of it like they were just trying to get enough to where they could hire like art they're going to do pdf but they raised enough to do a print run cool Sweet. So they, uh, it's called the Sassoon Files. It's set in like 1920s uh, Shanghai. Well, that's a touchy subject with China, and these were getting printed in China. So a government official saw it and was like, oh, it was like cool. Nabra. Yeah, burned them all and had the entire run destroyed. Yikes. Yeah. So uh, every copy demanded that every copy be destroyed within 24 hours. Cool thing, though, apparently by Chinese law, when the government does something like that, um, you get reimbursed. Like if they like destroy, like you, you get. If they decide that ah, oh, you can't do that thing, but you know. Yeah, I, I think or maybe China, something. Anyway, the company is getting their money back. You it. think? I like how he went from this is a cool thing they do. Well, it, but maybe they don't do it. I don't well, know. Here's the thing. Money. I don't know. I don't know how reputable the source was. It was saying like I know they're getting their money back. I don't know if it's like the government giving the money back. If it's the printer warehouse, people. the printer giving the money back. All I know is they're getting their money back. As like, hey, sorry, we censored you. Yay. Yay. But someone made this excellent point. If you're the fucking RPG Cthulhu company that literally your entire press run got burned, got censored by the government, that is like the best. That's the press. Best that is the press best you press could ask thing for. that you could ask for, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, just like, because they're going to get it published by someone else. So then they could be like, the entire first run that the government didn't want you to see. But it's the Chinese government. Well, they, they don't, don't have, want you to see you anything except big old anime titties. Well, that's, that's about definitely it. Japan. And that's China. racist. Oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> okay, after this, we might need to make, take a break wow. or do something. I mean, wow. I, I don't I'm even know. I'm fucking this all up. I'm Jesus. so sorry. Well, speaking of... Being fucking, the worst. Fucking... King up. Emphasis on the K. I'm going for the emphasis on the K. Though. I was like, wow, am okay. I just magically no, segueing again? But no. Well, kind of. Well, all right. So did you know that Dr. Pepper and Keurig are like a company? What? Keurig? Yeah. As in the coffee. Yeah. Like no, the Pepper. other Keurig. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, hey, I've been it's, fucking things up. I need to like make sure. Keurig Dr. Pepper Inc. Well, I huh. thought it was like 7-Up Schweppes and Dr. Pepper. 
Well, who drinks Seven Up for real? I do, well, but only only I would if it was around. Only Cherry Seven Up, Cherry Seven Up's the shit. I can see that. I fuck with the Cherry I, Sprite all day. Oh, those are good too. Yeah. The, uh, do you have the um? Did do, do the down here in Alabama? Do you get the cranberry Sierra Mist, the seasonal? I don't remember if we get cranberry uh, I'm Sierra sure Mist. I've seen it. I know we get cranberry Sierra, Sprite. Sierra Mist is. Like the cranberry Sierra Mist are mad good, Sierra and you Mist need to check trash. Chickety check yourself. So there used to be this awesome uh, vending machine in New Mexico where I went to school, uh, and it was the only place I had ever seen Cherry Seven Up mm. ever. Yeah, and I with that all day. it was a magical place of hope and wonder, and <laughs> I spent <laughs> so much. Exactly, Charlie. I spent so much. Like my every day for either lunch or recess. I was getting me one of those Cherry 7-Ups. And if something happened and I didn't get my Cherry 7-Up... Day and was ruined. Day was ruined. Day About was, to be heads up, 7-Up. Right. Bitch. And then and then we came... And then I moved here and I couldn't find it forever. And they still... Like, now they started doing it, but they like... It's not it's not as good as it used to be because now they've changed like, ooh, antioxidants and like... Oh, it's like, yeah. nah, bro. I no, just, I don't want my soda me, healthy. Give me that yeah. Cherry in my 7-Up. And that... I mean, like, that was probably my favorite drink i've ever had in my life yeah they're delicious what's the best i'm I'm not gonna even ask y'all seven up is the best of the sodas like that Mm. glass bottle seven up or not seven up uh, sun drop glass bottle sun drop is what i'm gonna say glass bottle sun drop that's like a watered down mellow yellow doo-doo oh y'all can go you've never had ski either None of y'all have had ski. Um, it's real good. That's because ski is real. Have you real. had ski? No. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? I fucking I didn't tighten know. up, Tanya. With its orangey lime deliciousness, I love ski. Someone buy me a case of ski. All right, and we're mail way it. off topic. Except that we're not because. So get this. So Keurig, Dr Pepper, oh yeah, and Anheuser Busch, InBev, are moving forward with a plan to launch a home bar pod system. What? Yeah. Oh, I think uh, I hold, hold on. Partner with a thing called Drinkworks. It's rolling out in three states, uh, Missouri, Florida, and then uh, California in 2020. But the Drinkworks machine works by using liquid-filled pods to prepare cocktails, brews, and ciders with a touch of a button, just like coffee. Each pod contains a shot of alcohol along with its flavorings and is infused with either water or carbonation to serve up drinks such as a Moscow Mule, an Old Fashioned, or beer. This is dangerous because this... Well, it's not too dangerous because let's get to the price. Okay, that's, that's, what I've, that's where it gets. Less I was just gonna say, is, yeah, but see, my thing is, is if this becomes a thing, and eventually they like, yeah. Oh well, no, it's just it's it's yes, I could I would buy one of these in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't go crazy. But anyway, so the uh, companies say that its drink portfolio already includes twenty four different recipes. Uh, didn't list what they were, but the machine on pre order. Is two ninety nine, so three hundred bucks. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, a four pack of pods. What do you think? Just a guess. Forty bucks. Oh God, no! I was thinking bar prices, ten 20, bucks a drink. Fifteen ninety nine. So not terrible, but not not so cheap. That, I mean, it's like four dollars a I pod. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on like it, it wouldn't be an everyday drink, but if you occasionally want. And old-fashioned a week, it would be worth it. But if it's going to be something like, I want to have two or three of these a night, not worth it. You're better yeah. off just buying the materials to make it yourself. Yeah, yeah. My, my point is, is just I'm never going to make a cocktail. Yeah. Because I just, I just don't care. I'm not, it's too much work. I'm not doing it. 
Yeah. But you give me this opportunity. Yeah. So that every once in a while I can just. Is that, are they all going to be hot? Like a Keurig? Is it all hot drinks? No, you said these, you said carbonated thing. Yeah, none of these well, are hot. Well, okay, drinks. well, when you said Keurig, I'm thinking about like hot coffee, hot chocolate. Well, it's not. You're it's not. It's not. It's not a. It's not a Keurig. But it's like a Keurig. It's like a Keurig, but it's not a Keurig. It's its own. Machine. I don't know. Okay. It's, 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 it's a new, they're having to make a new machine for okay. this. Um, okay. But so here is they just ta- they just tacked this on at the end of the article, which to me it's far cooler. So. French spirits maker Pernod Ricard S.A. said it's planning to launch its own home bartending assistant this year called OPN that dispenses spirits such as Absolute Vodka and Jameson Whiskey from flasks shaped like books in a library. Ooh. I I want that. Yeah. We should get that. Yeah. We should get them yeah, to sponsor us. That sounds exactly like our speed. Because that'll be cheaper than the $300. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. For sure. There is there a young hoodlum? There in your is. Street? I keep There's waiting for that child to like wheeler through the bust his face. This is this is nothing out of the. Don't even bother okay. looking outside. I was just just making sure I was seeing that correctly. He was every day. Okay, cool. we missed. Every day. Oh, actually, Tony, you being so hungry, uh, the ice cream truck literally yeah, drove by. It. Kill me, everyone, kill me now. <laughs> it drove by. I'm so hungry. Ten minutes before you got here. Yeah. Yikes! Made when the, I was sitting in traffic, love Bob, all that. Yeah. Bob was like, "What's that? What's that glorious sound that yeah. I can't capitalize on?" I was like. Ice cream truck. Yeah. Yep. So and they actually stopped the two doors down. Yeah, they we stopped don't... right over there. Yeah. Jesus okay. Christ. So this headline is called The Lion, the Fanfic, and the Wardrobe. Ooh. Okay. So Francis Spufford <laughs> has taken a break from writing award-winning adult literature to fill in the details of exactly what went on in Narnia before The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um. So basically... This guy, who is a an author, like yeah, this is what he does. He spent a couple years writing what is effectively a fan fiction novel. Seems he's legit. A, he's a huge Narnia fan, and he wrote it to be in the style of C.S. Lewis. And he he wrote it in as he let's how did he put it? Um, he says the series is finished as it stands, but there's a gap in the history of Narnia between the magician's nephew and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That was the only gap I thought was large enough for someone to do some impertinent fiddling. The Stone Table, as it's called, follows Polly Plummer and Diggory Kirk, who watched Aslan sing Narnia into being in the magician's nephew as they returned to Narnia. He said he was cautious in giving clues as to what happens in the adventure, but the novel explains why there are four empty thrones in the castle of Care Paravel and where the stone table came from. Um, Neat. So, they talking about it, they were like, he, like, the, some of the articles were like, I don't think this guy's he- ever heard of fan fiction. Because, <laughs> like, he's talking about, like, this is fan fiction. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. And he's talking like it's not fan fiction. Um, it's but, just high quality fanfic. Yeah, it's really. So apparently, he he reached out to the Lewis estate and was like, "Hey, we published in this," and didn't get response back. <laughs> Shocked. Um. So he just printed up like seventy five copies of it and gave it around to folks and people mm, like fanfic. Yeah, people are fucking like they shared like the first two chapters online and people just fucking apparently love it. Um. Apparently, it, it reads similar. Like it's it's really really good. So. But he's like, he's basically like, look, it's going to, I'm going to publish it either now or, um, let's see, when can he publish it? Uh, 
15 years from now, he can in the UK because that's when the copyright runs out in the UK. Um, <laughs> 11 years after that, he could publish it in the US. Uh, so 26 years from now, he could publish in the US. Yeah. 15 and 11. Uh, but if he, if he only publishes it exclusively in Canada uh, and a couple other countries where the, it's in the public domain, he could do it there. So huh. he could publish this in Canada. And then there could just be an underground market for yeah. Canadian yeah. books. But they were like they they were saying like it's kind of it's kind of, oh and here's the thing though. That's just when the first book enters the public domain. Yeah. Not the rest of them. And if there are story elements from the other from ones. From the other ones he has to wait till all those run out. Yikes. Well, so and they're kinda of like we've talked about this before on the podcast about how the US kept pushing back copyright yeah. dates. Yeah. And it's like it's kinda of bullshit because all this stuff it's supposed to be like, you know, life plus seventy years or something like that. All this stuff should be in the public, public domain. domain already. Right. Mm-hmm. But the but Disney and whatnot kind the of worst. Got in there and fiddled with that. Anyway, so yeah. Neat. Neato. Okay. So Last bit of news. May I have, and I have the, the, the next to the last news. Oh. I have a news. Okay, what, what's your I, news? I also have a news. What's your news? Um, Today is Sunday, March 31st. Today is the last day. If you go to Audible, they have a $5 books. I saw so that. I didn't even go look. There was a Michael J. Sullivan that I saw. Um, um, the second Raira book is five bucks. Um, there's Shit. quite a few. Um, Those Raira books are really good. There was like Red Queen, I think, as a book that I was wanting to read. That's uh, uh, Mark Lawrence. No. Yeah, it should be. Red no. Queen. No. Or he, no, he, that's Red. Um... I don't know. Red Sister, some shit oh, like that. Okay. Gray Sister, but oh. um, but yeah. So I go didn't to, even go look. I go just to got, Audible. I just got um, all my Audible credits back for the year. Yeah. So, so today's Sunday. Sale ends today. So go on Audible and get some books. Neat. Derek, what you yeah. got? Um, my my bit of bit of news is not super relevant to just this week or anything yeah. like that, but something that I've came across that I had kind of forgotten about. Um, so Patrick Rothfuss is, of course, not you know writing Doors of Stone. Right. Well, I mean, why would but he? We'll, we'll talk about that yeah. later at a, at a later date. Spoiler. This um, week. This week. You'll be hearing more about that on uh, Wednesday. But uh, one of the things he's been doing is he's writing a graphic novel. And if I'm understanding it correctly, according to his Twitter, it's going to be a... contain characters or themes or a story that is very important to book three. Hmm. And hmm. he, a person... He's been referencing it to kind of hint at what it's going to be, and someone in the conversation basically guessed it, and he's all but come out and said that they are right, and it's the boy who loved the moon in graphic novel form. Neat. So, I had a theory about these books, and for those who don't know, I love these books, and I... Patho- I like refuse to read anybody else's theories about them because I don't want anybody's nonsense to taint my understanding of the. You book. don't want to listen to their patrological lying. Pat- pat- patho- I was thinking pat- about their more pat- like patrological lying, patronizingness. Oh, Patrick, 
Anyways, but no, I don't want There's them. There's a pun there. <laughs> and a lot of times people just have terrible, terrible ideas. So I'm just like, I don't want to get out yeah. of here with that. So I only only have my own theories. But one of my theories, this plays into it. So I'm okay. like, uh-oh. Okay. Mm. But we'll, we'll talk about that off air because, you know, I don't want to taint the, the, the airwaves yeah. or I anybody else's potential under, uh, appreciation of the story. Okay. But yeah, I'm really excited about that. He's <coughs> oh, excuse me, looking for a colorist right now okay cool so neat all right okay so, last last bit of news last bit of news made a little conversation so this one is uh headline is looking back fondly on dead guys so uh fondly stirred up a bit of controversy <laughs> in uh the twitter sphere this week and as usual it's much ado about nothing because it's twitter but it, it, I think it, it, she made a really good point. Um, yeah, I was way more interested yeah, in we're, talking about the point. So we're going to talk about the... So here's what, she, here's what she said. So she shared a picture on Twitter of bookshelves at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. And she's like, this is what modern fantasy writers are up against. In my local Barnes & Nobles, most authors are lucky to find a copy of their book. Super lucky if it's face out. There are three and a half shelves for Tolkien, one and a half for Jordan. Here's who we compete against for shelf space. Not each other, but dead guys. Oh, yeah. All right. So before you at me about the importance of classics, I love Lord of the Rings too, okay? But three and a half shelves, so much great modern sci-fi fantasy out there. I found one copy of my World Fantasy Award winning book. One of most of the other Nebula and Hugo nominees. One copy of the fifth season. 18 copies of Lord of the Rings. No, I think it's fair. I mean, you and I were just at Second and Charles. Yeah. And, like, there were... There was there was a lot of variety there, but even then, and there were... Second and Charles, and is, Second and Charles is weird, though. I don't think Second and Charles is a good representation because... It's more like a real good thrift store. Well, yeah, because they, they get the cast-offs from, like, Barnes & Like... They don't order a lot of new books. Yeah. Most of the books that they get is like stuff that didn't sell at Barnes & Noble and winds up there kind of deal. It's kind of weird, mm. you know, mm. um, or donated or stuff like but that. But even then, but there were still like a fairly sizable chunk of Tolkien-y stuff oh, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. No, I think she makes a good point. Now, people, of course. Flip their shit. A lot of people just kind of took the whole like... Her saying dead guys was like, oh, how how dare you insult these paragons of our craft? How yeah. dare you acknowledge I, the she, fact that they've been dead? Uh. Well, she didn't. I, I don't think she meant it to be insulting. I yeah. think she just meant it to. They're dead. Po- they, they are dead. Um, Their stuff's not getting any better. And uh, so it, it's this, this. They're not, re- they're, not re- they're not working. And then, you know, this kind of spilled over onto Reddit. Uh, the, the fantasy side of Reddit did a big discussion on it. And they were kind of. Oh, she's got like some people. Are like, oh, she's got some good points. Some folks are like, uh, no capitalism. And then, but apparently on Slash Books, it was apparently it was a shit show. As for, like just people like burned her with pitchforks over there. <laughs> I didn't go read it, but I was like, basically, someone was like, hey, so they're burning uh, Fonda Lee over there. So I figured we could talk about it over here. So great. Um, so I just didn't go over there. I didn't feel like looking, but uh. I think she makes a really good point uh, because, I mean, I love Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you, you go to Books A Million, 
there's a ton of it. I mean, there's an absolute fuck ton of it. And then, like, I love Glenn Cook. <coughs> you, you go to look at Glenn Cook, and they might have the first couple Black Company books, maybe. They very rarely have a Garrett P.I. book. Um, none of his Dread Empire stuff. Like, it's, you know, like, I, I love Glenn Cook, and I wish more people re- would read him. And it's just, you know, I think he's really good, but he gets to love. And again, like, if... This Barnes Noble only had one copy of the fifth season. I hope that that's because they just all sold. Right. Um, but I mean, that's the first book in the like a trilogy that every book won the Hugo. Yep. Like, it's really good. Like, and there's one copy of it, but then people are wasting shelf space on Robert Jordan. I mean, I don't know why you'd even do that at all whatsoever. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> this is over. I have I have thoughts that yeah. I would like to say on this. But I no longer have thoughts. You no longer deserve to be a Oh, house. I know. Um, they they did say that, like, well, one and a half shelves of Jordan, that's basically just two copies of each book. Pretty much. It's uh, accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so here's, so here's what yeah. I want to... The thing that I think is most interesting to think about. Like, cause, and I saw this. I can't remember if this was a thing that she talked about when this all happened. Yeah. Or if this was just an article building off of what she said but the the basic idea was what do you go to a bookstore for new at books. this point new new stuff gifts to, to in my opinion and this is this is why I want to talk about it is because it, it came up like for me the reason I go to a bookstore is not just to buy isn't to buy a book that's not why I'm going to the bookstore I go because like if I already know what I want I can just fucking buy it yeah yeah that's fair I yeah. go there when honestly, I have no idea I, it, what I want. Honestly, if I know what I want, 95% of the time, the bookstore doesn't have it. Exactly. For real. Exactly. Yeah. You know? well, there's, but, only, there's so many books and only so much self space. I've been looking for a particular book for a year, and I'm just going to have to just order it. Because yeah, I keep hoping to come across no, it, and I, it's not. Anytime I go look over at the fantasy section, I'm not looking for exactly. a book. I'm looking to see what, what's, oh, what's, what's new, what's on. popular. Yeah. You know? See, that's my, my thing, and I think this is kind of the point. That I, I wish I had pulled up the article, because I don't think it was her that made this point. I think this was the, the article's point. Uh-huh. was basically like, these people, every, like anyone that's going to buy Tolkien or Jordan, like you go into this place knowing that's what you're there to get. Because they're so big and so famous, you know that's what you're there to get. So, like having a whole bunch of copies of it makes sense. What doesn't make sense is giving them the face cover treatment. Yeah, everyone knows those books. Right. They know what they're looking for. They don't need to be that's enticed. The things that need the face cover are the things that are new and to be discovered, which is I think the best idea. Because yeah. when I go into these stores, I'm not again. If I want a specific book, I've already bought it. Right. Like I'm not coming to the bookstore looking for something specific or very rarely am I right, I'm, I'm yeah. there because I'm trying to what you I got I want to read something and I don't know what so I want you to sell me on something but if you're only showing me the things that I already own or the things that I already know about the fuck good is that yeah, yeah. like give give the the face cover treatment should be for literally any only things that that like aren't the big like right. sure like I understand in some cases like if a new Sanderson comes out, you, you face up that because it hasn't had time to sell a billion copies. And right. he's one of the biggest names in the genre. Makes sense. Like, but, this won the Hugo this year. Right, Ta-da. right. Yeah. Or, Here's a thing. Or or, or just, yeah, basically yeah. That's, that kind of stuff. Is like, 
because I, and I had never really thought about it, but I, I really don't go unless I'm looking for something new. And then I get there and I'm eternally disappointed because I can't, I don't even know what to do because every, there's so much stuff there that I already know about yeah. that and it's in the so, way. And I, so two, two point one, maybe bookstore, like, so they, I know that there's a sense to, oh, we'll put the books in there by alphabetical order, by author. But is that the best way to do yes. it? Yes. I don't know where you're going with this, well, but no, it's going to be... Chronological order? Well, no. Or... Because, like like you said, it's like, if you know that you're going in there for... Like, how often do you go in there to look for one particular author? Really? I mean, for like... Yes, there okay. are people that do that. Yeah, and but like, if, I if you're just I have trying, done it sometimes. Yeah. But... but it's all... Well, I guess it's more like this. All sci-fi and fantasy is lumped together in alphabetical order and they're not really divided like all right they do pull out like the star trek and the star wars and the yeah. warhammer books those kind of Live were frequently own. lived on their own but for the most part everything else is kind of lumped together and it can be somewhat overwhelming like you're trying to you want to find something new but it's oh man it's digging through all this man. stuff and then you know there's all this shelf space like so you want to like divide it up a little more well, so that, like, if you if you like could, steampunk, here's your kind of yeah. There could there, I don't know I just, military sci-fi kind could of be lives a better here. way to organize, or maybe just like well, schools were doing that, um, no. like elementary schools and stuff were dividing them more on. Well, the Dewey Decimal System does that. It just I mean it, you know it divides a lot of this stuff up. Um, I don't know to exactly what I don't, degree. I don't, but, I don't know much about the Dewey decimal system other than that's a thing and that I struggled to pull the stickers off the side of my books <laughs> when I go to library sales. Um, but I mean, like I know that some schools were thinking about changing how they shelf books so that kids could see, well, not just kids, but people could see you liked this. Here are very similar things that live right next door. Yeah. Rather than more just, of the uh, same author. So and here, here was the other point. So I saw this people like arguing on Reddit that's where I saw it. And uh, people were like, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 capitalism this, blah, 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 economics that, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, the best rebuttal, I was like, like, basically people were making the argument, like, well, these are the experts. Let them do what they do. They know what they're doing. If they have They're going this, out of business. Yeah, that's the exact thing. It's like, really? Barnes & Noble? You're holding them up as the paragon of- I didn't realize <laughs> Barnes & Noble was selling business. I knew. Well, there. Have you ever tried to buy something at Barnes and Noble online? No. It's trash. They have it's, the it's, shittiest it's website. Tragic. I've tried. I once got given a twenty-five dollar gift card to Barnes and Noble, and uh, I was able to use it to buy two used books nice. on off their website. It's awful. It's awful. Um, yeah. So it's like really, you want to hold up Barnes? Like they have. I guess. Like, part of it, like, books a million, you know? Like, how about you pull all those, like, Lord of the Rings, like, Harry Potter and shit like that? They just need their own sections in the store. I was I was actually, own, when, own when you were talking about the thing earlier, Give I was like... Give it a like, cap and call it done. I was yeah. like, if you're going to have entire, like, shelves just for Tolkien, just call that the Tolkien. Don't, yeah, don't call that put, the... Yeah, put it over there with all the, all the you merch. know, the knickknacks, the Gollum th- coffee mugs well, see, and my, socks my thing and is blah, 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 at, blah. The, at this point... Because that's what Books a Million does, like Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, right. Shit. My thing at this point is, why is Tolkien even in sci-fi fantasy anymore? It's so classic. 
it should be with the classics. And then it would be it would not be taking up an well, entire wall. Well, was one point that some person was making is like some guy came in and was like, "Well, just write something as good as you know." Like he's like he was like you know basically he's saying like fuck Fonda Lee because you know it, she's not as good as Tolkien. Well, well no, it's basically he's like if she want you know her complaint is this well she should just write a better book and it's like it's not about writing a better book. Things like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter are so ingrained in our culture that it has. Even if it didn't have Also, three don't make shells. me come over this fucking oh. table at you, mysterious guy on the internet. Yeah. Because I fucking love that book. Yeah, no, it's great. But, like, uh, I, I doubt he'd read the book, honestly, or he wouldn't be saying that. But, no, it, he, well, he yeah. may have. Just, but, but, like, the point, he was like, well, you know, just write a better book. Well, it's like you can't, like, okay, she can sit there and write a, I could, people could make the argument that Jade City is a better book than The Hobbit. Sure. I, you could make that argument. Okay. Um, I'm not going to. It's apples and oranges someone in could. my it's mind. But you, so different. But you could, someone could make that argument. But mm-hmm. the thing is, like, it's so ingrained in our culture that she can't compete against that. Well, I think that's the thing too. Is like, you know, people are going to buy what's available, and if you're, if what you're making available is predominantly just Tolkien and fucking Harry and Potter, you, and if you Tolkien other books yikes Shut the fuck up. yikes so i mean like if you've got all of this that's going to be available and the only thing is you know lord of the rings then that's people are either not going to buy anything or that's what they're going to pick up because you that's all you have available but if you shrink you know the lord of the rings stuff down and give other people more room then they could yeah. get money my, and my get exposure and 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 carry their weight in the on the bookshelf. My thing about that whole that whole idea is that a lot of the times the reason they have so much space is because they're doing they're getting face up treatment. Yeah. It's like, well don't do that yeah. for yeah. them. They everyone yeah. already knows who they well, are. Well, it's also, you know, they, you know, you face up a hardback, you yeah. know. It's like, "Oh god, damn." The the new Feist um, oh, is it face up right now? It was a face oh, it up. It should be. It's feist. But. It w- yeah, it was. But it was face up. But um, man, I need to talk about that at some point. His his he doesn't need that Although, as much as. Here's the thing. I would say uh, with him, I could see exception. it for like a week for like your big names, your you know Sanderson or Feist or somebody like that. You're like, hey, cool, whoop de doo, we've got this, and then you know turn them to their spine when something else happens. Yeah. Yeah, see, my thing, especially with him. Is it's different with him because this is his first new series. His first new series in over twenty years. Yeah, like he is yeah. actually his first new is, series ever. Yeah, it it is a big, it is a really big. It's deal. a huge deal. But that's the thing, also, like, I and he also I, he's still alive you, and he's still working. Sanderson, yeah. I'm going to give less of a thing. He, he writes a new goddamn book every year, every right. week. It feels so like. quick. Quick aside, this is what we're going to wrap it up yeah. here, but you will appreciate this. So someone was uh, and. It, Spoiler, on Wednesday, we're going to be talking about who's the worst offender of Did take, some... taking too long to write books. I'm... No, someone actually was like, God, what is wrong with me? I keep I keep finding all these series, you know, like, I, you know, Patrick Rothfuss and, you know, Lynch and George R. R. Martin. And I just read Oathbringer by Sanderson, and it's the same thing. I was like... Whoa! Wait a, wait a minute! You cannot put I just Brandon Sanderson on all that of, list. Was this on Reddit? Yeah, I imagine even Reddit was. It was like, like screeched. To the heart. <laughs> I was like, whoa, "What are whoa. you talking about? Like, what, what are you talking 
talking about? He's like, oh, I don't know. No, maybe go no, read was, one of his other. It wasn't other... on Reddit. It was on Goodreads. That's was... why. Because I was like, it was. Oh, because uh, you were about to thumb down that shit real quick. Well, I, no, he was going to go and be like, read one of the other eight series. Well, he's it's written. like, it's like, oh, he might take two years to get back to the next book in that series. Two years is fuck all. No, that's average for a book. No, that's what I'm saying. saying. Like two years, yeah, is like you're fine. Yeah, yeah. He comes out with a book a year, if not more. Yeah, yeah no, because so. he's a crazy man. Mm. All right, so that's uh, that's this week in the news. Um, uh, hopefully, I mean, we're just gonna be sick. Me and Derek, are, me and Derek are sick. If you haven't been sick in a hotel for a long time, um, so I've been washing my Yeti, so I have not been reinfecting myself. Feel real good about that. You should wash so, your water bottle. Yeah, you should. Y- no, um, you should wash your water bottle. I do. I do. Mm. I got a new glass one. fancy. Anyway. Fancy. So uh, hopefully we'll be getting better soon. That'd be great. Get I was bottle. feeling better until today. I don't know. I, no, all of a sudden, man, I don't sound my, my very... My killing yeah. me. But uh, all right. Well, in the coming week, uh, I hope that the glowing green leaves of the tree that is your week... I hope that they gently fall upon you like a soft rain and that the blessing of the beard will be upon you. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Books, Beards, Booze. Our co-hosts are Bob, Derek, and Tanya. Our producer is Bob. For more information, visit our website, booksbeardsbooze.com. Follow our social media at Tales by Bob. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and share. Okay, bye.